Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash ask Reddit, where we answer the question, lawyers of Reddit, what was your hold it moment where you knew that you would win? Our next reply is from Phoenix Left. I had a client who was accused of taking a young woman's car and then crashing it and fleeing the scene. The girl testified at trial that she had given her keys to my client that night because she was drunk and she would never, ever drink and drive. Apparently, she wasn't aware that I had requested and obtained a copy of her driving record, which showed that she had received a DUI a month after the incident. I still remember the look on her face when I handed her her driving record and said, except for that one time you got caught a month later, right? (laughs) The look on the judge's face was equally memorable. When someone asked OP what happened with the case, OP responded, I can't remember what exactly the judge called her testimony, something along the lines of absolutely not believable. There were quite a few other evidentiary issues that pointed to the possibility that someone else, perhaps an inebriated young woman, was driving the vehicle at the time of the accident. My client was acquitted. Our next reply is from Law School as Hell. I trapped a defendant pretty badly one time. He testified in a deposition that he had a green arrow for his left turn and that my client ran the red. Unfortunately for him, the additional turn lane arrow was installed two months after the wreck. The case settled for the maximum limit a week later. And beneath that, we have a similar story from Naimez. Not a court case, but your story reminds me of an accident that I was a passenger in. A woman illegally turned in an intersection. There was a sign for turn on arrow only, and she hit the car that I was in as we were crossing through. We pulled into a nearby parking lot and were exchanging information. The woman was freaking out and in tears, and me and the driver were just standing there uncomfortable. An uninvolved person saw this, and apparently seeing the woman crying and two big guys standing there meant that we were bullying her. She comes up and starts screaming at the driver and says that she's a witness and that it's all his fault for running a green light. And then beneath that, we have another story from Lizard Possum. A lady who hit my driver's door while I was turning, she tried to pass me on my left when I turned left, tried to tell the cop that I didn't have my blinker on. He looked over, and it was still blinking. And then beneath that, we have another green light story. I once got pulled over for bypassing a signal light that was green. I'd pulled into a gas station because I was lost, then out onto another street, which is illegal here if the purpose is to skip a red light. When I pointed that out to the cop, he huffed and let me go. And then another green light story from the Smitty. A drunk driver T-boned me once. When the cops arrive, she goes up to them while I'm making my statement and says, Officer, officer, I know I've been drinking, but I had a green light. The street she was coming from had a stop sign and no lights. Our next reply is from Farts with an Accent. I'm not a lawyer, but I took my old landlord to court when I was in college. They stole my security deposit over BS. They claimed that I trashed the place, not knowing that I took pictures and video when I moved in and out. Their evidence was a VH-quality recording of going through a perfectly clean apartment in better condition than it was when I moved in. But they opened up the top of the stove and found a single piece of elbow macaroni under it, holding it up triumphantly. That was the crux of their defense. The judge was not amused, and I got all my money back, plus my lawyer fees and the filing fee. She then fought against her own lawyer to avoid paying him. What a butthole. As a Reddit YouTuber, I always love when I get to cover these stories because I know that my audience skews a little bit younger, like high school and college age. So these types of stories are a great opportunity to remind everyone that a lot of landlords are awful and you really need to protect yourself. On that note, beneath that post, we have a similar story from Toothless Bastard. 
lawyer here. Residential landlords can be pieces of garbage. I'm a corporate lawyer whose only experience is in commercial leases, but a friend of a friend was being told by a residential landlord after termination of her lease that she and her two female roommates weren't getting their security deposit back, and they owed him additional amounts for repairs. This butthole was actually making improvements to that apartment and trying to do it on their dime. So I took the time to write a letter free of charge because I was so pissed, wherein I demanded the entire security deposit plus 500 bucks in attorney's fees for having to write the letter. In reality, I thought that I would just get their security deposit back and I would feel good about doing just that. But this guy definitely knew that he screwed up from the very beginning because he immediately paid every penny of that security deposit, plus every penny of the attorney fees that I demanded. He was such a piece of garbage that he saw three young female tenants as an opportunity to swindle them out of their security deposits. And while I'm glad that he paid up immediately and without a fight, I think that it definitely demonstrates his conscience at the time. Our next reply is from Bros Before Toho's. This didn't happen at trial, but it happened during a deposition on a case where two former employees decided to start their own company in a very niche market, but they decided to make their plans on company laptops that they unsuccessfully tried to brick. One of the defendants was the one being deposed. She said that she answered to a higher power than the company. When pressed on what that meant, she said herself. That got reused prominently at the trial. So, for clarity here, this woman's defense was literally, Well, the company's rules don't apply because I'm more important than the company and I can do whatever I want. Our next reply is from Idle. I was reviewing a transcript of an interview with a child. The child made incriminating statements against my client. At one point, when discussing the allegations, the child used an odd word, but I didn't think much of it. A few days later, I was watching a video of the child interacting with her grandmother, who hates my client, from about a week before that interview. The grandmother used the exact same odd word in the exact context the child later used. At that moment, it became clear that child had been coached. It was the first real aha moment of my career. And beneath that, we have this terrible story from Ogsum's boy. This happened to me. My parents told me that I was beaten by my uncle and that he used to feed me alcohol to knock me out. I told the court that, and he got eight years. When he got out, he did some appeals and went back to court, and I found out that he did nothing wrong. And he was about to report my parents for child abuse when they put the heat on him first. I'm living with him now, and yeah, he's the coolest uncle I have. Man, what a story! This guy finds out that his brother is committing child abuse, and before he can report it, his brother coaches his little nephew to turn him into the cops, and he gets eight years in prison. He gets out of prison, clears his name, and then takes care of the very nephew who put him in jail. I mean, obviously it wasn't OP's fault because he was just a kid who got manipulated, but still. I think a lot of people would blame the kid in that situation, and the fact that OP's uncle didn't and instead cared for him shows that he's a man of incredible integrity. And then we have a similar crazy story from Creaming Dizbuster. My brother-in-law just went through something worse in a nasty custody battle. By agreement, his happy, well-adjusted 8-year-old girl, custody of whom had been awarded to him when she was 5, spent the summer with her mother who doesn't have a job and lives near the sea. So it seemed to be a better environment for her during the pandemic. When it was time for her dad to pick her up so she could start school in September, she lost her mind and screamed and cried in a weird, unnatural way that she only loved mommy and didn't want to go back to daddy's house. And the mother took her to the ER and said she was having a panic attack and refused to hand her over. 
This happened twice. Both times he had to take a flight to go get her, and both times he came back without her having paid for her ticket. The third time he got the courts involved before he went, and they sent a court order to social services to intervene, backed up by the cops. The little girl did the same thing in front of social services. And this time she said that, My daddy hits me and my cousins touch me in my private area. Something that had never been alleged before, even in the court case. So the social workers put her in a room with toys and books and a two-way mirror. And the moment that she thought she was alone, she calmed down and started happily playing with the toys. They sent her father in about 10 minutes later, and within minutes, she was laughing, joking, playing, and being affectionate with her dad. The social workers concluded that she had definitely been coached. So they then ushered the girl and her father out through another door into a waiting car and was able to bring her home so she could start school nearly a month late. Our next reply is from Essie. I was sued for a car crash. When the plaintiff was on the stand, she began recounting the events, and everyone realized that it was a completely different crash. Different cars involved, different time of day, everything. Upon cross-examination, she revealed that she had four lawsuits running concurrently and couldn't keep them all straight. <laughs> the jury foreman looked at me and rolled his eyes. Her eventual payout, paid by my insurance company, was a pittance. Less than the initial settlement offer before the whole thing went to trial. Her lawyer was shaking with anger when the court adjourned. He was one of those, we don't get paid unless we get money for you guys, so he lost a lot of money on that one. When someone asks, Jesus, how does she find the time to get into four different car accidents, also bad they result in lawsuits? And OP replies, her husband helped. I think this was the retirement plan. Our next reply is from Deacon Frosted Flakes. I worked on a case involving defective processors. In discovery, we got emails from the defendant's engineers that had worked on the processors. They were from an Asian country, but the emails were in English because they were going to U.S. executives. One of the more senior engineers basically laid out the exact defect that we were suing over, explaining what the problem was and why it was their fault, and finishing with, This is big problem. We ship crap to customer. <laughs> Needless to say, we hit them over the head with that mediation, and they settled shortly after. Our next reply is from Lazetter, and he simply adds, Your Honor, I have screenshots. And then beneath that, we have a similar story from Yuji. Screenshots was all it took for a douchebag in my area to get sent back to jail. He was on probation, and he had been harassing femme-looking people in a Facebook group for our city. He made the mistake of including me in that list, including threatening to assault me for not being sexually attracted to the correct gender, and threatening to discreetly hurt me in ways that wouldn't be noticeable or usable in court. All because I called him a wussy for trying to bully women on the internet and being laughably horrible at it since I'm not even a woman. He had been out of prison on bail for two days from a sexual assault and torture case. His bail was rescinded, all for being a creepy douche on the internet. I assume it wouldn't have been taken seriously had it not been for what he was already being accused of, and the fact that he specifically said that he intended to hurt me in a way that somehow I couldn't trace back to him, other than the publicly posted messages, I guess. I think that he thought that the court doesn't know about the internet, lol. He also lost his job over it, since he had his workplace publicly listed. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, understand the, like, rudimentary logic here, and I can't seem to find it. OP is a gay man, and therefore attracted to other men. And, <laughs> as punishment for being attracted to the wrong gender, this guy threatened to sexually force himself on this person, like, as punishment? 
If this absolute moron thinks that homosexual acts are wrong, then why is he threatening to perform homosexual acts on them? Our next reply is from Gilt Lauren. I'm not a lawyer, but I played one in small claims court. My lease had an exit clause that said if I gave them two months rent, they would work to lease my place and return anything unused. I checked with the office ahead of time, and they ensured me that there was a waiting list, so I gave them the two months rent and moved. They never returned a dime. I talked to the new tenant and confirmed that they moved in a week later. In court, the judge was commenting on how he didn't see anything explicitly stating how they would return any unused rent, even though that intent was stated to me a few times. Dumbo from the leasing office piped in with, Your Honor, in almost every case we can return some money, but in this case, we didn't have a tenant in the two months after he left. So the judge turned the case over to me, and I presented the affidavit from the new tenant confirming the move-in date. The judge awarded me double what they owed. Turns out, leasing office Dumbo's 1 and 2 thought they could lie to me and then return my excess rent money to themselves. (laughs) The word you're looking for is embezzlement. This absolute moron just admitted to committing embezzlement in court. Our next Reddit post is from I Kill Dinosaurs. I'm a trial lawyer. I have a ton of these. My favorite was probably a DUI where the cop was in a Buffalo Wild Wings with my client watching a fight. Like, the cop was standing at the bar in full uniform. Then, when my client walked by him to leave, the cop followed him out. The client was only actually going to his car to grab his phone charger because he was going home with the bartender. Like, he hadn't even closed his tab yet. The cop arrested him and charged him with DUI for opening his car door, then fabricated this story for his report about how my client got in the car, turned it on, and began to pull out of the space to leave the parking lot. He also denied being inside the Buffalo Wild Wings, on the stand, under oath, to my face. Surprise! I talked to the bartender at that Buffalo Wild Wings and got the security tape. It very clearly, like surprisingly good quality, showed the cop standing at the bar, watching my client walk out the front door, then follow him 30 seconds later. The parking lot cam showed my client barely touching the door handle before the cop stopped him. And then OP adds in an edit. The cop underwent an internal review where the board determined that he hadn't done anything wrong. A few months later, he murdered an unarmed man while on patrol. He also trains new cops now and tells young college girls he pulls over to call him Tommy. Our next Reddit post is from Nightshark. It was my third month of practicing law. I was in family law at the time, representing a mom in a petition for a restraining order against her boyfriend, who was also the father of her child. At issue in the broader case was child visitation, custody, support, etc. But in today's hearing, we would just call it RO. We had pretty good facts, but it was mostly based on the testimony of the parties. My client was way more reputable as a witness, so I was feeling confident. Ten minutes before the hearing, my client shows up. I give her a last-minute prep on what to expect, and then she says, I'm glad I'm going through with this. I can't deal with it anymore, and he's just getting worse. To top it off, he left me a drunken, ranting voicemail on Saturday. I said, do you have your phone with you? Yes. We played the voicemail, and it's a full two minutes of the ex-boyfriend screaming things like, I should have effing killed you when we were together. You were always such a B-word. I hope you burned to death in a fire. I didn't have time to ask her why the F she hadn't said anything to me about this voicemail before the bailiff called our case. We sit, and the judge asks us if either side has additional evidence. And I ask for permission to play the voicemail. The ex-boyfriend, who didn't have an attorney, didn't object, so I played the whole nasty two-minute rant in open court. The judge goes, we're going to take a brief recess before I issue my ruling. 
If the parties want to meet and confer in the hall, they're welcome to. The boyfriend knew that he was screwed. We settled the whole freaking case then and there. My client got her wish list in terms of custody, supervised visitation, child support, plus the restraining order to boot. And then, <laughs> beneath that, we have this amazing story from the bananas here. I was in court trying to get a restraining order. My ex was adamant that he had not nearly killed our daughter, and that he did not, in fact, break into my house and point a gun at me the week prior. He said I was a liar who just wanted to keep his kid away from him. When he was told that I was asking for a full indefinite order, which is zero contact forever, he said to his lawyer, If this B-word gets that order, I'm going back to her house and I won't fail this time. Sadly for him, his microphone was still on. And then someone asks, Wow, so did the judge hear it? OP replies, Judge, bailiff, clerk, <laughs> and the six or so other people who are waiting in the courtroom for their cases to be called up. Awkward! Our next reply is from Gorperly. I'm not a lawyer, but years ago I had to do something at a strip mall in the bad part of town. It took me about 20 minutes, and then I found out that my car had been towed. I took an Uber to the tow yard. A giant sign says cash only, so I had to call another Uber, drive to the ATM and back, and pay them 300 some bucks. I got a sucky handwritten receipt that, believe it or not, was itemized. I went home, googled what happened, and found that they had violated the law in three separate ways. They towed me illegally, they illegally refused to accept credit cards, and they had multiple charges that the law called unreasonable, like dolly fees and load and unload fees. I took them to small claims court. The judge began by asking the tow yard owner about his relationship with the property owner and how the decision was made to tow my car. Oh, the slimy tow truck dude answered. My cousin works there. If he says tow, I tow. It's 100% legal. The judge's eyebrows begin to rise. But, the dude continues, But what I detest the most, your honor, is this butthole claiming that I don't take credit cards. I'm a businessman. I take credit cards all the time. He's a lowlight that doesn't have any credit cards. That's why he wanted to pay cash. The judge saw me smiling and hopping in my seat and patting my manila folder of receipts. Do you actually not have any credit or debit cards? The judge asked me. I pulled out my wallet and showed him, and then I pulled out a timestamp photo of the cash-only sign that I took the day of, and another one that I took the morning of the hearing. The guy mumbled something like, Okay, you got me there, and then had nothing but, Huh, I didn't know that, when the judge asked him about the legality of each unreasonably itemized charge. Anyway, each violation pays double the total tow charge. And since there were three, that's how I made $1,800 on a $300 investment. The sad thing about this story is that I can practically guarantee that the sleazy tow truck driver will keep doing this exact same thing. Because the vast majority of his victims don't have the time, patience, or money to take this guy to court and get their money back. Our next reply is from Otis Scott. My client was accused of brutally murdering a dog. The cop testified that there was no testing of the blood, nobody ever found, and admitted that it could have, in fact, run away. The eyewitness said that she could see the killing down the hallway from the dining room. The cop testified that there was no hallway, and the dining room was on a different level of the house than the killing supposedly took place. Then, the person who was leading the lynch mob against my client around town for the last year testified that she had been in the apartment between the two visits by the cop to evaluate the scene. No body, a compromised crime scene, witnesses who couldn't see anything, and admission that there was no proof that the dog was dead. The closing argument lasted three seconds. Your Honor, I'm asking for an acquittal. Our next reply is from Juju on the Beat. My <laughs> Sorry, this story is good. 
My mom hit a guy on a bike with her car in a parking lot. She claimed that he hit her. She also wanted to countersue the cyclist for scaring her. In her deposition, she started every sentence with, When I hit him. Our next reply is from Drambox. I'm not a lawyer, but a friend of mine was a drinking while intoxicated attorney in New York for a while. He was defending a guy who was asleep in the backseat of his car while intoxicated and a New York State trooper arrested him. On the stand, the trooper testified that he visually saw the suspect put the key in the ignition. My friend gave him like three chances to walk it back. Are you sure, trooper, that you actually saw the key in the ignition? Yes, counselor. When a cop calls a lawyer counselor, what he really means is butthole. And that's when my buddy dropped the hammer. You are aware that my client drives a Toyota Prius, which doesn't have an ignition or a key. That was r slash askreddit, and if you like this content, then check out my Patreon where I publish episodes that were banned from YouTube. Also, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.